So, what I'm going to talk on this morning is I've called it our train of thought. And I'm going to play on the word train. And for all you younger guys, you just have to use your imagination a little bit because this isn't the car train. This is actually a train. It has an engine and it has a whole big carriage of coal. It's a steam train. <laughs> Run by coal, which is put in a fire, which turns the engines, which pulls the train. And then there's a, a whole bunch of carriages. Can you picture that as a church? For the older generation, it's like really cool. I rode those all the time and no problem. Okay. Yeah, we've got that. Okay. So I want to just talk a little bit about our train of thought. Because every single one of us have trains of thought. And that train of thought will take us to a destination. And a lot of the time, we end up at the wrong destination because of the train of thought. Right? So last week or the week before, whenever I was sharing, I was just sharing, Jane shared about uh, relationship with the Holy Spirit, talked about um, us and our journey with God. We talked about knowing God. We talked about um, um, uh, waiting upon the Lord, uh, listening to His voice, listening to the Holy Spirit. We've just been talking about all of us on a journey with God as family, listening to God, obeying Him, journeying along, doing what God's called us to do. And one of the challenges that we're facing today for a lot of the church is they're all over the place. Emotionally, feelings-wise, mentally, there's just an incredible attack on the church, actually, um, and just the mind is... So they're shaken, they, their emotions are all over, they're up and down, they're, they're everywhere, and God wants us to bring that back to a stable, secure, focused mind. A mind that's set on Him. Amen? So the first thing I want to do is I want to break down this train very quickly, and I want to say this. The train, the direction that the train goes in, that's, the, that's pulling the train along, is the engine. And the engine is faith, or believing, or trust in God. That's the engine. So the engine is faith, or trust, or believing in God. Then you've got the coal truck, which is hitched to the engine, which is hope. And that's what feeds the fire and keeps the fire going. So it keeps the train going in the right direction. And then attached to that is all the carriages, which is love. If we don't have faith and hope in God, then all those carriages are no longer love. They're called emotions and feelings. Now, how many of us know that none of you sit in the engine room when you're traveling? None of you sit in the coal truck. Where do you sit? You sit in the carriages. So we sit in the carriages, and we must understand here today that don't get deceived. The carriages are not taking you in a direction. The engine is taking you in the direction. Are we getting this? So if we're not secure in love, 
then we're in emotions and feelings, and we're letting emotions and feelings dictate our ride, and then we try and deal with our emotions and feelings, but our emotions and feelings are not taking us to our destination. We need to deal with the engine. You with me? Okay, let me unpack it a little bit. Okay, let's just look at the engine. Just go with me to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26, verse 3. I'm just going to do a little bit of teaching this morning. Twenty-six, verse three. It says, "You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you." So there's a mind that's stayed on Christ, and it's stayed on Christ because it's built on trust and trusting God. And when a mind that's stayed or focused on trusting God, it's at peace. Amen. So for every single one of us, we have to make sure all the time that our mind is stayed on God, that our mind is secure in Him, and that we trust Him. Because that's the engine that's taking us to our destination. This is simple, but if you catch this, if you understand this, so My mind is committed, stayed on, focused on trusting Him, and then now it's at peace. If that changes, then the engine pulls in a different direction, and I end up with a different result. So when we are walking in our journey, believing God, trusting Him, if our train of thought is not in line with this, then we never actually achieve our destination of what God wants for us. Go to James chapter 1 quickly. It's after Hebrews. For the sake of time this morning, I'll just read verses uh, 7 and 8. Oh. Let me just. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach. It will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So what it's basically saying is if you're double-minded, which means that your engine is putting its trust in God, but your engine's also putting it in something else, so you have an engine on both ends of the train, so the train's pulling in different directions, makes it a very unstable journey. Also makes it not much of a journey. Amen. You seem to hang around in the same place because this train's pulling that way, this train's pulling that way, and you're just like shaking. And because now you, your engine has not stayed and its trust is not just in God, but this is a double-minded man, he's also got other, putting his trust in other things, he's unstable in all of his ways. So now he's up and down and his emotions are all over the place. See, this can happen to born-again believers. 
I know it's scary, the thought of it, that actually it could happen to us, but it can. Because the minute we don't put our trust in Him, in God, we put our trust in something else, it becomes unstable, we come, our emotions are all over the place. And if our trust is not in Him, then our, the coal truck is not able to feed, and we end up losing hope, and then we all know in South Africa about inferior coal. It doesn't keep the fire burning. Oh my God. There's so much I wanted to... My mind went on a tangent there very quickly. Coming back. Okay. Unstable in all its ways. Have to be very careful. I think this is now on YouTube. Okay. So you're unstable in all its ways. Let that man not think he will receive anything from the Lord. Why is that? Because God's horrible? No, because it never reaches its destination. God's saying, here, bless you. The train's going. And then it's unstable, friends. And God wants us to be stable. See, a mind stayed on Christ is at peace, very stable, because it's settled, it's faith, it's focus, it's trust, it's belief. How many know that God calls us believers? We're meant to be believers, we believe. Our focus is, we have faith, we trust in Him. Amen. Then, let me just quickly on the second carriage, attached to the engine is the coal truck, it fuels the engine. If you go with me to 1 Peter. I love this scripture. It's, it says, therefore, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13. I thought you guys were in the spirit. Okay, no, don't worry. No. <laughs> 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13. Listen to this. Therefore, doing what with your minds? Preparing your minds for action. Isn't that amazing? God's wanting us to prepare our minds for action. And being sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So there's a preparation of mind there's a sober mind, which, what's a sober mind? It's a focused mind. It's not all over the place. It's a sober, focused intent. I prepared my mind. For what? For action. Because what God's called us to do, everything that we're going to do, we've got to have a mind that's been prepared. So I'm encouraging the church today and the body of Christ that the, the area that we lack or we don't operate or work in at all is preparing our minds. So when the enemy comes along now, then he, our minds are all over the place. We can't concentrate for five seconds. We wonder why our little kids can't concentrate. Because even as parents, we can't concentrate. Our mind is all over the place. We have to prepare our minds. You have to gird them. You have to uh, uh, prepare them. They need to be sober-minded. Not intoxicated with every little thing that's going on in our lives. There's so much going on, and, and God's trying to break into the storm of thinking that's going on inside of our heads. Why do you think the battlefield's in the mind? 
That's what the Bible says. The battlefield is in the mind. So hope, friends, the reason why hope is the caboose, the, the carriage, the, the thing that is attached to the engine that feeds the engine is because hope is the blueprint for where the engine is going. We need to understand that. That's why the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is bringing substance to whatever you're hoping for. So the enemy tries to rob you of your hope because he can rob you of your hope. He robs you ultimately of your faith because the coal cannot feed the engine of faith and faith then has no substance. Are we still in 1 Peter? Listen to 1 Peter chapter 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy for he caused us to be born again to a living hope. See, when you and I got born again, we got born again to a living hope. And if you carry on there, it's talking about inheritance. It's talking about a hope in Christ. When we got born again, He saved us, He redeemed us, He delivered us, He set us free. He's caused us to be transformed out of darkness into His marvelous light. There's a security in our in being, in our being born again, we now have a hope, we have a trust, we know where our future is, we know that it's secure, we know that one day we're going to be in heaven, we know that God is going to take care of us, we know that He surrounds us, He's with us. There's a secure hope in that. You see, and that feeds your faith as you go and do whatever God's called you to do because the hope is feeding the fire of faith. If you lose your hope, friends, you lose your faith. Ultimately, the engine stops. And there's an interesting scripture in Hebrews chapter 6, and it's found in verse 19. It says this, hope is the anchor of your soul. What's your soul? Your emotions. Your feelings. You see, when you've got hope, then you anchor your feelings and your emotions. It's all in the train of thought. And when you anchor your feelings and your emotions, friends, you can operate the way God wanted you to operate, He wants you to experience operating in love. See, because love is not just a feeling. Amen. There's eros love, there's phileo love, but there's also agape. There's a love, that's who God is. He wants us to operate in love. Experientially, He wants us to live in the carriage of love, ministering love, imparting love, being love. And it starts first and foremost with the train of your thought. That first and foremost, the engine room, friends, must be your trust. Your confidence is in Christ and in Jesus alone. Then you've got the carriage of hope, which is attached to that faith, friends, is a confidence in God. It's a hope. It's a living hope that we live with, friends. And then attached to that now is the carriage where we live actually and experience, and that's love. And our feelings are secure. Our feelings are anchored. Otherwise, in our lives, whatever we're doing, our feelings are all over the place because our trust is in something else. We've lost hope, friends, and now we are all over the place. So for the body of Christ, what's happening is if they, the enemy tries to, them to lose their trust and they lose their hope, and then their feelings are all over the place, and they're not able to achieve and get to their destination what God's called them to. I'm just using a train analogy. I'm hoping you'll join the dots and go and journey it, friends, but this all happens between your ears. 
And what happens between your ears, friends, drops down into your heart. And when it happens in your heart, determines where you go. There's an interesting story in the Bible in uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 41. Um, it's a story about Mary and Martha. And it's probably, I think, one of the mis most misquoted or misunderstood little stories. And I think Martha gets the wrong end of the stick a lot of the time. Because, oh, Mary, she chose the better way. Martha, she's an idiot. Actually, Martha was serving, friends which is a huge thing. We miss the focus that Jesus, Jesus wasn't saying, well, Mary, you know, we should all just be Marys. We go and we sit at the feet of Jesus and we just sit there, sing Kumbaya and learn from God. But Martha, she chose the bad end of the stick, which is going around just working and getting sandwiches in the kitchen for the people. And if you understand, you focus on that story. And for the sake of time, let me just simply say this. In Luke 10, 41, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. Mary, should I read it? Hopefully you've got all your, you've all got your Bibles here because that's, is really important. I have to find the light so I can actually read. My hand is. Okay. It's real, yes. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. He says, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. What was he talking about? You're anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is necessary. You need to put your mind on me. She went and sat, was still and quiet and listening to the word, listening to Christ. Wasn't comparing, serving, and sitting at the feet of Jesus. Both are necessary in the kingdom of God. Both just as powerful in the kingdom of God. One thing is necessary. Friends, if you're sitting there anxious and worried, you're troubled with many things. One thing is necessary. Listen to Mary, what Mary did. She sat. She focused. She put her faith, her trust, her focus on Jesus and listened to his word. Friends, you and I praying and you and I are reading the word are not scoring brownie points with God. What they are doing is securing this. They're keeping our faith and our trust in Him. They are making sure the engine is going in the right direction. They're making sure that our trust is in God and our hope is in Him. And when those are attached together, friends, we are going forward to the destination of whatever we are believing, whatever we are walking. I'm going to pull it all together now in one big foul swoop. It's interesting when you read 1 Corinthians 13. It's the story about the love of God and how we are called to, to be that love. 
And it ends off in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It says, faith, hope, and love abide. The greatest of these is love. Just think of the train again. The focus, and if you, if you know that the Bible is not written in chapters, you'll see in the very next chapter, 14, verse 1, it says, pursue love. So we know that the focus is love, but faith, hope, and love abide. The focus is love, not faith and hope, but the three have to abide. Faith is the engine. Hope is the coal that feeds it, and then love is the carriages where we live. All of those, but we pursue love. But those have to abide. Do you understand that? I hope we do. Um, I can't unpack it. If we go to Colossians chapter 1, let me just give you scriptures quickly. Colossians chapter 1, just reading from verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. We always thank God, the Father, and of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, the love that you have for the saints because of the hope of your faith and the love because of your hope. So because of your hope, there's love. So there's faith, then there's hope, then there's love. We're getting this. Sounds simple, but most of the church doesn't understand it, so they don't walk in it, and then we have challenges. Let me uh, read you a couple of scriptures to help, and then um, we'll... Philippians, just go to Philippians. Maybe just go to Philippians chapter 2. Just reading from verse 2. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And he goes on then to say, uh, verse 5, have this mind among yourselves. And then he shares what that's got to look like. So we were meant to have the same mind. How many know that every single one of us journey in life, we've got different things happening, different families, we have a whole lot of stuff, different jobs, all that. There's a lot of stuff going on in your mind. How, what is he talking about? What is Jesus talking about? You have the same mind. What do you mean you have the same mind? And he's given us the mind of Christ. What do you mean you've given us the mind of Christ? The abilities, the, the intellectual ability of the mind. What mind is he talking about? You have the same mind. That's what he's talking about. Trying to share with you the same mind. If you have the same mind that Christ had. And that same mind is also, we didn't account quality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself. It's a mind, friends, that's not fighting after our identity or trying to grab hold of or keep our identity. We are incredible, powerful people in God. We are identity as sons and daughters of God. It's very powerful. You don't need to grab hold of it. 
You don't have to, uh, it's something that needs to be, oh, I need to tell everybody, hey, I'm a prophet. You know, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1, I think it's verse 5, it says there, while he was still in the womb, God called him and said to me, you're a prophet. He's done nothing yet. He hasn't even said anything. He hasn't even said some nice fancy words to be called a prophet, but God called him a prophet because that's who he is. But it's not something that you need to grab hold of. I'm a prophet. I just go and do what I'm called to do. But I don't have to grab hold of that title. What I have to do is be humble. Amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 21, he sends out the 72. When he sends out the 72, they go and do amazing things. People are getting healed, set free. Demons are, and they come back and they go, whoa, you should have seen. Whoa, I prayed for the sick. They were getting healed. Whoa, demons just came out, whatever. And Jesus said, well, don't rejoice that the demons obey you. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Friends, rejoice that God chose you, that God brought you near, that God made you a son and a daughter. That's why we rejoice and have this mind inside of every single one of us, that we are born again. That's a miracle, magnificent, wonderful thing. I can humble myself. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. I know that I can raise the dead. I don't have to display to everybody how powerful and wonderful I am, friends. I've just got to go do it. I've just got to go do it, and I've just got to be obedient. He humbled himself even to the point of death, friends. Whatever God's called us to do, we're just going to go do that. We don't have to take hold of our identity as something to be grasped. We humble ourselves. When we humble ourselves, we yield to him, to his will, his ways, and his focus, friends. And when I humble myself, I put all my trust and my focus in Jesus Christ. He becomes my everything. When I got born again, it was by grace that I was saved through faith. Colossians 2, 6 says, the same way you were born again, now is the same way that you walk in him. There's a grace aspect here, friends. There's a faith aspect here. And there's a truth aspect here. See, what I've got to do is put my faith in truth. Who, what, what did Jesus say? Who is the truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I put my faith in the truth. When I put my faith in the truth, grace comes and makes the truth my reality. It's that simple. So when I'm walking and journeying in life, friends, I need to put my confidence and my faith in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. And when I put my faith in Him and Him alone, friends, He's the engine room of the train of my thoughts. And when I put my faith and trust in Him, friends, then I also put my faith in my my, my, also put my hope in him because faith and hope, friends. Uh, Romans chapter five, verse two, I think it is. Faith and hope are in God. When you put your faith and your hope in God, friends, then you get secure in the love of God. And when you're secure in the love of God, friends, then the hope is the anchor now of all your emotions. And you just do what God's called to do and I have the same mind. I'm not about myself because I know that I'm about him and I'm about the hope, the living hope that's before me. So I don't live anymore for the accolades of man or for the things that man can give me. I live for the hope of Christ. Amen? This is a train that can't, you can't stop this train, friends. You can't derail that train. God's calling the church to become this train. A train where the focus is totally on Jesus Christ, on nothing else, where our hope is secure in Him. You cannot take it away from me because it's not found in this earth. It's not found in the, 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 the treasures of this earth. It's found in Him, friends. It's an eternal hope. It's a hope, friends, that's stored up for me where neither moth nor rust can even corrupt it. It's a hope where my inheritance is found in Him. 
And when that's secure, friends, and my emotions are now secure, because that's the problem in this world, our emotions are bouncing all over the place. And it's not because of chemical imbalance, it's because of a mental imbalance. What you believe, friends, you become. When that is secure, friends, and your emotions are secure, now, friends, you operate in love. And that's the people of God. We operate in love. We are not bouncing around with our emotions. It's not how, what, what you've done for me or not done for me or how good you've been to me or whether you're smiling or not smiling. Amen. Friends, life has a voice, but never make life's voice louder than the voice of truth. The voice of truth must always speak louder than life. Life will come along and it will speak. It has a voice. But I don't let that voice be louder than truth, friends, because my caboose, weighty or not weighty, whatever my caboose is, it's attached to the engine of faith. Amen. There's so many scriptures. You can go read them for yourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, it talks about... Um, you must pull down every vain imaginary, every lofty thought that raises itself above the knowledge of God. Amen. You must bring every thought in obedience to Christ. That's why, friends. Uh, Philippians, we're in Philippians 2. We haven't even got to Philippians chapter 4. You can read from verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, um, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there, if there be any excellence, if there is any, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Self-explanatory again, why we focus on so much of what's pure and honorable and good report because it's my train of thought will be impacted if I listen and fill my mind with other things, friends. What it wants to do is not just unsettle me, it wants to derail my engine. It wants to make my engine something else. I'm no longer trusting God my mind has no longer stayed on that. My mind has now moved, friends. I've got an engine taking me in a wrong direction. And then, of course, my hope is attached to that. So then I, there comes a hopelessness or a lack of hope or a hope in something else, friends, in our lives. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life for a wellspring of life, and there's so many other scriptures, it's a really good book, this, <laughs> I recommend it, yeah, <laughs> so let me wrap it up and simply say this, what is so powerful, friends, the word of God actually equips us and helps us, and says, I need you to rise up and be the people of God that I'm called you to do, called you to be. There's stuff that I need you to do. I need you to demonstrate. I need you to be the example to the world around you of Jesus Christ. And he says the way we do that is we've got to renew our minds. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. 
so we can know what His will is, so we can do His will, so we can demonstrate and be who God's called us to be. Okay, so now we have to say to ourselves, I've got to prepare my mind. It doesn't just happen because if I prepare my mind, then the train of my thoughts is in line, and if the train of my thoughts are in line, then I get what I've, where I'm going. I get to my destination. Amen? That's why the Bible says Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Now the scriptures are coming out. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Set your mind on the things above. We have to set our mind on the things above. Romans chapter 8. You can read it 5, 6, 7. It talks about a mind set on the flesh is death. But a mind set on the spirit is life. So set your mind on the spirit. We have to set our minds We have to go after making sure that our minds are submitted and set on Christ, on the Spirit, on who He is. That's why 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight, friends, to ensure that your mind is set on Him. Because if your mind's not set on Him, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Amen. Then you become unstable. Then as the people of God, we can't demonstrate what God's called us to do. We can't achieve what God's called us to do. Amen. Led by the Spirit, filled by the Spirit, with minds that are set on Christ. Trusting fully in who He is. Our hope is totally in Him. And let me encourage you with that. That is very, very key today, right now. That our hope, which is the blueprint of our hope, of our faith, is not friends in stuff, but it's found in Him. Because if I steal the stuff, then I steal your hope. Amen. This is being recorded. I don't mind. I'll say it. If your hope, friends, is in a result or the way the election should go, then your faith is in something other than Jesus Christ. And if he steals your hope, he steals your faith. My faith is not in the way the election should go. My faith is in Jesus Christ. My hope is in him, which means I can operate and move in love to anybody and everybody. Not those that just vote. Yeah, that's quiet. Amen. So friends, that's why we have a lot of born-again believers that are all over the place bouncing in their emotions. Under the guise of quoting scriptures and calling themselves Christians. As Christians, we should be the most stable people on this planet because Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. When I put my faith and my trust and my security in Him, He never changes. He's secure. And I put my hope in in, in who He is and what He's promised, and I also put my hope in where He's taking me. Amen? His, His destination is secure. And when that's right, friends, I can sit in the carriage of love. 
Now, I'm not trying to please. I'm not trying to earn. I'm not trying to deserve. I'm not trying to work hard. I'm not now battered to and fro in the carriage of identity. And, oh, I'm feeling good. So it's good today. And I'm not feeling so good. So that's not, I can just love people. Because I know who I am. I'm secure. I know who God's already called me to. Amen. Shall we stand? Now, I know that we, we don't like to be embarrassed. I know that we don't like to come to the front. But I also know that God only moves when you take ownership. So I'm careful how I say this because I want to say it in total love. But I want to say this morning, if you're battling in your mind, if you're struggling, your thoughts all over the place, if you're battling with your emotions, one day your emotions are up, next day they're down, And I do believe God wants to break that off you. And I really want anybody who is battling with that to come to the front. <laughs> Some people are coming to camp here. <laughs> I really, while I was away in, in um, Botswana, I was awake, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, and I really felt the Lord give me some of this, and I felt Him say that the body of Christ is really under attack emotionally and in the mind. And friends, that's why I want to encourage you. It's not a, you're not a bad believer, or you're not a. It's not like something like wrong with you because you struggle in the mind. There's, there's a battle that's raging and going on in the mind, friends. And it's shaking us as believers, and our emotions end up all over the place. And God just wants to come alongside. And he wants to stand with us, and He wants to say, "I've got the answer for this." So I want to thank you guys for coming to the front because I appreciate it. I want the team, Con, Damien. I want to pray a general prayer and then the team just to, to lay hands. Friends, and just as we continue to, to, to pray, if you, Holy Spirit's working on you, please, if it takes 30 seconds, two minutes, three minutes, or four minutes to get to the front, the point is just come to the front so that we can just pray. Don't walk out of here battling, struggling with thoughts and just battling to, to walk or journey because we're in exciting times. God's wanting to do amazing things and wonderful things and He's if I had to tell you at 2 o'clock in the morning 
Honestly, I felt, I felt the tears of God. You, if you only knew how much He loves you. And He doesn't want you to be tossed to and fro anymore. He doesn't want you to be double-minded. He wants you to be secure in His love and who He is. He wants you to believe and trust. He wants peace to come. So, Father, I want to pray. Just those that are standing in the front, however you want to posture your heart or, or your life with a, just your hands just open before the Lord. I just want to pray. Lord, I just pray for those that are standing in the front as I prayed for myself in the early hours of the morning, Father. We humbly come before you, Lord. We want the same mind that was in Christ. We stand before you right now. We say we want to prepare our minds. We want to gird our minds. We want to be sober-minded, Lord. So we just repent, Lord, which is just simply change the way you think. Wherever we have let the enemy in to try and take hold of our thoughts and the train of our thoughts, Lord God, We want to secure back the station in Jesus' name. And we ask right now, Lord God, that would you divinely help us this morning to secure our minds back on Christ. Lord, we don't want to let experience, life circumstances speak louder than truth. Whatever's happened in our lives, Lord God, they may have tried to shake our faith and our hope in you, Lord. We cut ourselves free from that. And we put the engine back on Jesus Christ. We say, Lord, we trust you. And in nothing else. We put our hope back in you. We thank you, Father, that when we are secure in our trust and our faith in you, our hope is secure that you will do. You will fulfill. Your promises are yes. And you will do everything that you have spoken and declared over our lives, over our family, in the name of Jesus. So Father, I ask you to take, we take authority over our minds right now. And we command them to be still. We thank you now that the battle is the Lord's and that, God, you have won the battle. And we are no longer going to debate or fight in our minds. But we put them on you because we trust in you 
and I just speak peace right now to every single mind in the name of Jesus. I speak peace to every single mind in the name of Jesus. And as peace would come over our mind, I thank you for a confidence and a faith would come over our lives right now. That you will lead us in triumph. That you do go before us and you prepare the way. And your will will be done and it shall come to pass over our lives. That which you have declared, Lord God, you are not a man that you should lie. You're not a man that you should repent. You said, have I not said it? Will I not do it and will it not come to pass? And as that peace comes upon our lives, I thank you, Father, that your love just fills us right now and surrounds us. I thank you for your love, Lord God, that fills us right now. Right now. Right now. I thank you for your rest. I really do be do do be do. I do believe that the rest of God is found in this. Jesus said, Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. When you come to him, when you put your mind on Christ, he will give you rest. The Bible says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. We yoke ourselves to you, Jesus. We put our trust and our faith in you, and rest comes. Thank you for the rest of God, for the people of God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now just open your your hearts just as we come and minister, and just let the rest of God come and be released over every single life here today. Just let the rest of God come upon you. I felt God just is rest. I felt my mind calmed down. I felt my body. I just began to rest in Him and I actually fell asleep. If you want to fall asleep, you can, but just let the rest of God just come upon you this morning in Jesus' name.